Hello, and welcome back to Teed Up, an original podcast created and produced by Long Beach State student-run newspaper, The Daily 49er. I'm Isabel Salaji. I'm Sunny Tapia. I'm Maddie G. And I'm Naoki. Welcome to episode three. Naoki, what is the latest in Long Beach State sports? Softball had their home opener this past week. Uh, had a two-game series against the University of San Diego. Game one was a 1-0 victory to the beach. Tia Tice scored the one and only run of that game. And then in game two, came at a loss. We lost 3-2. The Toreros' EJ Joyner scored two runs in that game. It was a fairly close matchup throughout on both games. And then uh, going into the weekend, they're going to host a tournament against, you want to say is Cal? They play Cal, yeah. Wilson Invitational. Yeah, Wilson Invitational. And then one more team from like Louisiana, no? Louisiana Monroe. Yeah. Men's basketball fell to Santa Barbara about a week ago, bounced back against Bakersfield the day after, and then the most recent game dropped again the Riverside. In that Bakersfield game, they won the rebound battle 36-27, which was really good. And then Jadon Jones in that game, 18 points, four of eight from the field, two of three from three, eight away from the line. Just an overall efficient game from the guard, uh, the reigning Big West Defensive Player of the Year. This team has shown that when we win the rebound and turnover battle, as uh, when I talk about the Riverside game, um, when they win the rebound battle and the turnover battle, they are dominant. And so going to the Riverside game, we lo- we end up losing that game. Like I said, the Beast lost the rebound battle 32 to 37. And then we also lost a turnover battle, 17 turnovers to their 13 turnovers. But the only real bright spot is Marcus Sahonis, right? We talked about him in the last part of how... A lot better than one for 13, that's yeah, for sure. Yeah, how his uh, shortcomings is an efficient score, but he finally had an efficient game. 26 points, 8 to 16 from the field. Sucks that it had to come at a loss. You know, if he can find his stride, get some, find his shots, find his efficient shots and hit them, I think that's going to be a key part to uh, the beach making a deeper run in the Big West this year. This is the right time, too. I mean, because we're, what, like four games away from the Big West tournament? Yeah. And so this is the right time. He needs to find that little momentum swing. And I mean, because they dropped to, what, six now? Yeah. Yeah. So we need to keep it up and just make sure we have a good momentum going into the Big West tournament. Yeah. And then, like I said, we have to stay diligent on the glass, right? I mean, just because guys are getting more efficient shots doesn't mean that they're going to make them all. So we still have to stay aggressive on the glass. Still be very careful with the ball, right? These turnovers are costing us some games here. You have guys that are having amazing games, but when you have guys committing five turnovers, four turnovers, and you have, you know, five or six different guys with two to three turnovers, it's going to cost. It's going to cost us late in game at the beginning of the game. It's going to cost us games here. And so as we go into the tournament, I think we had to make some adjustments. We got to tighten up. But I like what I'm seeing from this beach team. I really like how how they've kind of found their stride in this later part of the year, especially with all the struggles that they had at the beginning of the year. Now they just tune up, just tune up, get fixed the, the small little things that need to be fixed. And I think we can make a deep run. So we talked about last week how, I mean, I believe the women's basketball team is by far one of, if not our best team at the school, right? 10 game win streak, beat Bakersfield, Kiana, 11, Hamilton. 11. Is it 11. Oh, they, beat, they won last night, no? Or was it the other night? Who did Two nights ago. Right, they're at 11 now? 11 yes. straight. 11, 11 straight, thousandth win in program history. A thousandth win. Big moves. If we're not the favorites to win it all, I don't know what else you got to do, but we're so clear at number one. 11 straight wins is impressive for any sport, any team. I mean, Makai Berry is still doing her thing. Right? Big baller. Yeah, Tori Harris. Big baller. And then Kiana Hamilton Fisher. Like, this is, this is a team that's super deep from top to bottom, super talented. And I think that it's going to be that depth and the overall talent that we have from from the starters to the bench that's going to carry us on uh, throughout the rest of the year. Yeah, and then you also get Malia Bambrick back last game. She mm. gets six rebounds, 14 points. So you're highlighting Makai Berry last week, thousandth point. 
the program gets a thousandth win this week and now you're getting players healthy yeah it's gonna be great and joining us now for the rest of the show is hi my name is renzo thank you for having me thank you for being here all right boys it's official baseball season is upon us how do we feel are we excited so excited I can't wait. I love baseball so much. It's going to be so fun, even though I'm a Dodger fan and there's no way they are winning 111 games again. They're going to win maybe, maybe 90. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, it's the stupidest sport for a reason. And I can't wait. I love baseball so much. As we talked about yesterday, I would die for the sport. It's my favorite sport. I grew up going to Angel Games all my life ever mm-hmm. since I was a kid. So, you know, born out of Anaheim, having mm-hmm. a team to call my own, you know. I love that. I went to Dodger games growing up and I'm a Yankees fan, so nothing makes sense in baseball. It's terrible. Uh, Some major things have changed in baseball for this upcoming season, though. Um, Notably, some rule changes and some details that will probably have a a big impact on the game this season. So, Sonny, do you want to walk us through some of these changes? Absolutely. This is kind of wild because they're minor, but they're major at the same time. So like as far as bases go, they're making them three inches bigger. So they're going from 15 inches to 18 inches. This, according to the MLB, is to promote safety and more aggressive base running. I don't know how that's really going to work, but I mean, I guess I get the idea. It's a bigger target. So I guess when they're like rounding and they're being aggressive and they try and steal, it's a bigger target for them to kind of hit. So it's also going to promote more base stealing. I think it's kind of cool. It's going to add more excitement to the game. But then infield shifts, that's a big one that people are talking about. The whole point of shifts is to kind of predict from watching film of players and like where they hit and what their consistencies are. So now the rule is there has to be two players on either side of second base at all times and their feet have to be planted before the pitch is released. That means every play on like a hard ground ball is just going to be a circus act. And I mean, yes, it's going to be very exciting. It's going to bring a lot more attention to highlight reels and stuff like that. But at the same time, that also means more hits. And if there's a hard ground ball and it gets by every time, it's going to take forever to get three outs, which is also why that brings me into the next rule change is the pitching clock. The entire reason they're bringing the pitching clock in is because they want the games to be shorter. Baseball games are typically three hours, three and a half hours sometimes, and they want to shorten them because a lot of people complain like it's really hard to watch regular season games because of that. Honestly, me, I'm a huge baseball fan, so I love watching them. I don't I could care less about how long they are, but the pitch clock is going to be 15 seconds before a pitcher has to throw the ball again. And that's with no runners on base with runners on base. They get an extra five seconds. That's 20 seconds. This, like I said, the MLB is trying to shorten the game. But if you can't get three outs with no shifts, then it's just going to be the same length anyways. So I don't know. I mean, does anyone else have any opinions on like the rule changes and if they're really going to affect anything? Um, I think the shift's going to have like a lot of impact on different players' abilities. Joey Gallo, for example, he's going to probably have a lot better batting average this season if you expect him to put ground balls through the middle. He has a hard exit velo. Max Muncy slumped last year. The guy puts the ball on the ground. It's going to beat the shift. Well, it couldn't beat the shift. No more shift. You're going to see a lot more ground balls. So those guys who can't necessarily get the ball up in the air all the time are going to likely see a batting average increase. Potentially. But for a hitter like Joey Yallo, who all he does is strike out, he doesn't make contact with the ball. So he's not going to be putting it I in think the infield. I don't think so. I, don't I think, think he'll so. perform better than Aaron Judge. I'm not even taking the bait on this one. <laughs> I personally think the no infield shift rule change is I think it's going to be interesting. I think the idea of it promoting better defense should be entertaining. I That's something I miss about baseball is, yeah, when you have the highlight reels, the like Derek Jeter moments, just making spectacular plays in the infield to get an out. That's one of the best parts of baseball. And for the last few years, the focus on the shift has really unfortunately taken 
taken away some of those those moments and the emphasis on playing good defense because when you have shifts where there's like three infielders on on the, the right third hand base side. yeah line. i mean it's just yeah. it's kind of ridiculous and it's also uh, i mean i have to assume that for players like that kills your morale we, you have no chance of getting a base hit when you go up there right so i think it'll be good for the game i think it will be a difficult change because again teams have relied on the shift so much in the last few years but i think ultimately it will be better for baseball yeah i mean i think i want to chime in like it gives my team a fighting chance to get some some runs in there at least you know because we have a really big problem with offense you know for the angels that's always been a weak point on top of pitching you know and i think that it'll not only force a lot of those players on play to scramble like when they really don't like they're not used to that but I think it'll really give us a fighting chance when it comes to thinking about postseason. I agree and disagree on that point as an Angels fan as well. I think, yeah, the offense might be better, but it's going to force you to play like someone like David Fletcher, 162 games. You need someone who can play a defense now. Mm-hmm. You can't rely on that shift. You need people for range. Andrew Velasquez, love the guy, squid, eight arms. He can't hit. <laughs> it's not a Joey Gallo situation where he can't hit. He has a noodle bat. Yeah, he can play defense, but do you really want that guy playing every game now? Yeah, just he's for a hit or defense? miss. He's a hit or miss sometimes. You know, sometimes he'll he'll hit a home run, other times he'll just strike out completely. But arguably, with no shifts on, you know, he he could have a better chance at you know getting some base hits here and there. I don't think the shift was like affecting his hitting though. Oh, he's just bad. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's why I mean, he's fast. Bunt down the line. <laughs> if they're gonna shift, you bunt down third baseline. See, there's more options now. Okay, speaking of the Angels, though, Renzo, do you want to break down for us their eventful offseason, some might say? Wow. Yeah. Um, let's kind of get into it. We can start with their offseason ranking. So their offseason ranking was a B plus under the Minnesota Twins, also under the Phillies. They were all ranked at like an A, A plus. So, I mean, I guess that's good. But I mean, going into this season, it's really hard to tell, you know, with a lot of player changes and especially with Shohei Otani really in question. You know, he gave an interview over the offseason discussing the frustration that he had with the team and you know having the big losses that they did last season he's not really used to winning having the good stats that he does with a 2.33 era it's really difficult for him he said in an interview with the new york times you know he really likes the team he really does he loves the environment over there at anaheim and he thinks it was a good move but it's just he doesn't like losing and he left it at that and I think that says a lot for a player like that who really holds himself highly accountable, especially being an MVP, being an all-star pitcher for a team that has had some record losses, especially with their last AL West title being in 2009. I believe, actually, they made postseason in 2014, but their last title in 2009, if you can correct me on that if I'm wrong. I think you're correct. It's the longest postseason drought in North American sports right now. Yeah, so it's it's a little rough. And then on the other hand, we have owner Artie Moreno. Nobody knows what he's doing. Nobody knows what he wants. Um, he was he had put the team on sale, I believe, back in August, and then he retracted that when they made a couple of trades. You know, now we have left-handed pitcher Tyler Anderson coming to us from the Dodgers. He has a really great ERA. Um, I believe it's at a 2.57 right now. You know, that's pretty competitive, held up with Shohei. So excited to see that. Um, Mike Trout also extended his desire to keep Shohei in an interview. He said he wanted to do whatever it takes to keep him for another season. But I mean, I guess we'll see how things go, how things are starting out. Another thing that we could kind of talk about was how they traded Noah Syndergaard, also known as Thor, and Brandon Marsh to the Phillies. They ended up going to the World Series after that. And, you know, proud of them. 
proud of our angels doing their thing i uh, really miss them for the later half of that season but it's it is what it is you know proud of what they did and then you know phil nevin also extended his desires and his hopes for this season saying that you know the angels are really going to try to make an impact but i mean it's hard to tell with the new team that we have because we had a chemistry issue last season i believe and you know with the whole bunch of new additions and team changes i just think that it's going to be that whole run again where we're going to have to find our chemistry and just what works i don't know i think baseball is a sport where you really aren't like worried about chemistry or filling in the holes and i do think the angels off season really addressed a lot of the key issues losing Syndergaard, in my opinion wasn't a bad thing Syndergaard really didn't apply much of any use to the phillies playoff run he was pitching out of the bullpen brandon marshall with the angels had the highest strikeout percentage in the league and he goes to the phillies and they kind of adjust that swing i don't think that swing gets adjusted in la and you get logan a hoppy who has a realistic shot to be the starting catcher max stassi did nothing after after getting a deal last year matt dice isn't reliable kurt suzuki in my opinion is the worst player on a baseball field and so like getting rid of players like that brandon marsh yeah he had a lot of potential this is a very bad opinion of mine but joe adele is someone i would rather keep than brandon marsh i know he has liabilities defensively he's jacked I don't know if anyone's seen spring training photos. He's put on a lot of muscle. He worked a lot in the cages. If you're really highlighting any player that's going to break out, it's Joe Adele, not Brandon Marsh. I guess I just had a soft spot for Brandon Marsh's defensive plays, his outfield catches and everything. It was just really astounding how he would die for the ball sometimes. And I really miss that. I miss seeing that. Yeah, but like center field's a lock for Mike Trout. They're not going to take him out. True. Realistically, you put Brandon Marsh in center last year. Maybe he stays around. But Brandon Marsh in a corner spot doesn't make sense. I uh, I don't know. I think we should talk about that a little bit more. What? Mike Trout hasn't been a lock in oh, center field for years. No, I don't think he, he should be. He gets hurt every season. Not the injury so much. on. I'm talking about his defense. Okay. Yeah. Defensively, I don't think he's a good center fielder anymore. Well, I, I mean, I mean I, he's well past his prime. And I think, uh, I think we need to talk about Shohei a little bit more. And the way that Mike Trout works into this whole situation. Because, Renzo, what you were saying is what Otani said. He likes the Angels, but he hates to lose. And that's all that they do in Anaheim. And I think that juxtaposed to Trout is very interesting because Trout has been one of the best players in baseball for like a decade now and he is so content with being on a crappy team that all they do is lose so yeah. I think it's kind of a, it's a done deal at this point in my opinion that Otani's leaving I, I don't see well, he's 100% leaving but I mean I think my opinion on that whole thing like yes I appreciate that Mike Trout like voiced his opinion on wanting to keep Shohei because who wouldn't want to keep Shohei but at the same time does his opinion really matter no. anymore because he has stuck there for how many years and just not done anything like, yes, he's been like you said, Isabel, like one of the best players in the league for years. But in my opinion, his opinion means nothing at this point because it's coming from a guy that has no rings, barely any accolades. Yes, he does have accolades, but the biggest one is a World Series and he has nothing to show for that. Not even a playoff win. I disagree on this extent of like criticizing Mike Trout. Baseball is the hardest sport to win in by far. One player can't make a difference. Mike Trout has won MVPs. His worst career season was an MVP season. Last season, he put up the second most home runs, missing a lot of games. But no World Series and no, no playoff no, wins. It's players not even haven't the, won a World Series. It's not even the World Series for me. It's the fact that they have not been a competitive team in years. And I'm talking it's not like... his fault. I don't think it's his fault, but I think when you're content with being 
pun intended, a big fish in a small pond. And the Angels are like the smallest pond in baseball. I mean, yeah. they're kind of a laughable organization at this point. The whole Moreno debacle where he's like, I'm actually not going to sell the team, even though everybody in baseball wants him to. I think it just goes to show you that they're not, in my opinion, they're an unserious organization. It's sad because they have some of the most talented players in baseball in Otani and Trout, or at least Trout used to be. It's just sad. No, you're very much right. I mean, they're an unserious organization from the ground up. They don't have a proper like staff at all. Minor leagues are bad. They're one of the only teams in the entire league who doesn't pay minor leaguers during spring training. We don't give minor leaguers housing. We don't care about an organization. Artie Moreno wants to sell seats. He sells seats. People fill the seats. They're going to keep doing this. But I do think like where the Angels currently stand has been progress. Perry Manassian's kind of made moves that actually look like an organization. Pitching's kind of actually at a point where we're finally finding sign. They were the seventh best pitching team in baseball last year. But I mean, like you mentioned how Artie Moreno, he likes to fill seats, but the seats get full because of Shohei. And so if he leaves... Those seats aren't going to be filled anymore. Also, if you go to an Angels game, I mean, it seems like a considerable amount of the crowd are oppositional fans. I mean, people come for the fireworks over the like rock fountain that you have in the outfield and then they leave. They head on over to Disney Walk. They show up at 7 p.m. Yep. Yep. Games in like the seventh inning. So that's all I'm saying. I mean, Otani came in 2017. And they were ranked like second, third, second, third, second, third every year before then for like five years stretch in attendance. Never first. Well, yeah, we don't win. Exactly. But people fill the seats before him. All right. Now moving on for the most highly anticipated segment of the pod. Pickle break. I think we've talked now about basketball and football with pickles. Really, this is like the holy trinity of all sports and pickles. It's baseball. What is the main food of baseball? A hot dog. Yeah. But if you don't want a hot dog at a game, why not try a chickle? We have the Fresno Grizzlies. Crazy invention here. They stuffed a pickle, cut it open, and filled it with hot chicken. Call that a chickle. I don't know why. It's called a sandwich, according to them. I'm not even going to lie. I don't even like pickles like that. I might try that. You might try the chickle. It sounds yeah. not terrible. Yeah. Chickle converts. If you look at a chickle. photo of it, it looks like something that's going to give you acid reflux. <laughs> it, looks acid reflux. reflux. it looks photo. It looks like a hot dog you yeah. left in your fridge it for a little bit fake. too long. Yeah. So acidic. Oh my mm. goodness. I'll try it though for yeah. the content. And then like jumping back into more pickle items. The Boston Red Sox actually have a sponsorship and affiliation with Gorilla's Pickles. So you can go to a game and just get an entire bucket of Gorilla's Pickles. Who needs popcorn? Who needs nachos? No. Ten pickles, just might, down one an inning. I don't know. It explains I'm, a lot about Red Sox. I'm, I might just be a Red Sox fan just because they had the Gorillas deal. Yeah. I might just have to do that. I'm already a Celtics fan. Don't do this to me, Naoki. It's a, it, I got to do it for the pickles, man. I, Fair I, enough. I got to do it for the pickle break. It's, it's for the culture. I'm sorry. And then really like honing in on the impact of pickles in baseball. I don't know if anyone's ever typed in MLBpickle.com. It does exist. This is an MLB affiliated website. Wordle popular who really yeah. cares about words though i want to type in random baseball players names on a website called pickle it, the NBA it, has it the just same has thing. a straight pickle as the name it, we're yeah. talking neon letters pickle amazing the, stuff the, the nba has a similar thing but it's called purtle because he's named after Jakob purtle who's an nba player oh, yeah. it's, it's the same thing well before pickle mlb pickle it was wardle w-a-r as an analytics nerd myself i can appreciate it war is the most important stat Besides maybe OPS, Ooh. no one cares about batting average. Wow. Ooh. And yeah, the last little bit of the pickle segment, hopping back over to something we talked about in the first pickle break, 
Portland Pickles, their team, their mascot, Dylan the Pickle, worth the Twitter follow alone. Yep. Last year, he was uh, taking over the Twitter account and he may or may not have accidentally got caught with some inappropriate photos. He flashed Pickle yeah. on the Twitter. Yeah. And articles are written everywhere. New York Post, this man dropped Pickle. They fired him. Did he they? is back. Yeah, they fired him. And they brought him back though, right? I don't know who's in the mascot suit now, but... But is the Pickle mascot verified on Twitter? That's the most important question. Yeah, he is. And I mean, here's a nice little shot oh, of the Pickle. Oh, it's amazing. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, I don't know about that. Yeah. <laughs> Keep it that a PG, Manny, please. Yeah, my brother, my brother listens to the show, bro. And he's nine. <laughs> he's, nine. he's nine. It's a Pickle. <laughs> you know what? Fair play. But yeah, Portland Pickle legend. Portland Pickle Legend, Dylan the Pickle. Dylan the Pickle. And I like that this Dylan, D-I-L-L-O-N. Yes. Yeah. Really embracing the, the Dill name. Oh, I love it. Love to see it. And there's actually one last thing I want to talk about pickles. Anyone who played baseball growing up as a kid probably got caught in a rundown. So I just want to like highlight some of the most famous pickles in MLB history, which for me, there's really just one. Jackie Robinson. Stealing home. I mean, like, how many kids thought they were going to be in that moment playing Little League? I know I did. I probably ran the slowest 40 time on the team. I was out there to bunt. Coach would tell me not to swing, maybe get a walk. But I know in the moment I could have stole home if I was caught in a pickle. Word? You would have had your own Jackie Robinson moment. That would have been it. Highlight reels. Exactly. Dang. Maddie Robinson? Maddie Robinson. Give me some Maddie Robinson, bro. All right. Thank you for that, Maddie G. Okay, back to LA baseball. What's going on with the Dodgers? Their offseason was pretty uneventful, if we're being honest. Thoughts, feelings? They make big moves sometimes. I mean, in the recent years, they have. They've made big moves. I mean, obviously, we got Mookie Betts, and that's a huge deal. But at the same time, as far as Angel fans go, Dodgers are becoming, in my opinion, more of a threat to strip Shohei from the Angels. Honestly, my prediction is that Shohei won't even be traded by the end of it. Like by the trade deadline. And if he is, though, it'll be for the biggest MLB deal, 400 million uh, for the first time ever. But Dodgers, like they're so used to doing the one year contracts and it's because they want to make that big play. It is what it is. And as a Dodger fan, like I said, they're not winning 111 games. And especially if we don't get Shohei by the trade deadline, there's no way. We might not even make the playoffs. You're, you're going to make the playoffs. I think the NL... West is, I mean, I mean, the Padres, I think will win the division. I think Dodgers will make wild card for sure. I think they suffered some big losses, though. Tyler Anderson went to the Angels. He was, you know, one of their best starters last season. Cody Bellinger's gone. Trace Thompson is the favorite to start in center field, which seems crazy. I mean, Bellinger has not been the player he was at the plate for years now. But, you know, he's one of the best defensive center fielders in baseball. Do we think the Dodgers are going to suffer considerably defensively this year? Yes, especially since we didn't name the biggest loss from the offseason, Trey Turner not re-signing. That is really the lifeline for that team last year. Mookie Betts is still good, but really there was no true star on the Dodgers last year outside Mm -hmm. of Trey Turner and maybe the pitching staff, which the pitching staff's gotten worse. And you also are dealing Mm -hmm. with injuries. I think Walker Buehler is not going to be able to start at the start of the year. So it's really going to be on Julio Urias to pull his weight. And Urias wasn't himself either during the playoffs. No. And Justin Turner's gone too. And I know Justin Turner obviously is not the player he once was. Nah. But, you know, he was still a mainstay at third base. Yes. Well, at least his beard matches his jersey now. There you go. He's in a better place. Boston. Actually, no, a far worse place. But at least he matches the rest of the team now. Aside from the Dodgers, uh, there were a lot of a lot of big storylines from this offseason, a lot of uh, big free agents on the market, perhaps none more dramatic than Carlos Correa. He started out signing a 12 year deal, I believe, with the San Francisco Giants. 
that deal fell through because the Giants didn't like the results of his physical exam. And so he went on over to the Mets, signed overnight with the Mets once the deal fell through with the Giants. Then the Mets backed out of the deal also because of concerns over his physical. And then Correa ends up re-signing with the Minnesota Twins. Was it worth the drama? I think there's too much speculation on it. Mm-hmm. I think Correa will be fine. The injury came in like his rookie season when he was still in the minors. He's played on it how long? He has the metal plate. It was from one press interview where he said, I felt a little discomfort because a metal piece like got hit by a ball. Do we really think that's going to affect his career at this point? He's played on it 10 years. No. Should teams have backed out on this deal? Probably not. Would I have wanted the Angels to sign Correa? 100%. Do we think that the Giants and the Mets just had buyer's remorse? Like, what happened? I don't think so. With the Mets, what happened was uh, the owner, Steve Cohen, he got in a lot of trouble because he tweeted the deal was out Mm -hmm. before it officially got published. And I feel like there's probably a little bit of remorse there. Similar things have happened in the past. Artie Moreno got upset over a trade that got sent out for Luis Ranjifo. And I forget the other names, but it was to the Dodgers for Jock Peterson. Artie Moreno, inflated ego, gets in trouble. Maybe we see something similar to Steve Cohen here. Speaking of the Mets, they had, I think, out of all the teams, probably the biggest offseason. They signed just about everybody on the face of the earth. The senior home. The senior home. It's where all great MLB pitchers go to retire, apparently. Uh, they added Verlander. They tried to add Carlos Correa. Then that didn't happen. They added Brandon Nimmo, Adam Adovino, David Robertson, Edwin Diaz. I mean, they added a lot of pieces to their team, um, much to my dismay and hatred of course as a Yankees fan do we think it's good for baseball to have a team like the Mets just kind of throwing money at everybody what does this say about the luxury tax because at this point they're just blowing it off they don't care uh I don't necessarily hate the thing that they did luxury tax in general with baseball is like set up in a way where you're supposed to go over it and in Cohen's case he has enough money to keep spending with the Brandon Nimmo deal especially they are re-signing Nimmo it wasn't like a new acquisition but Nimmo's contract I want to say was like maybe 20 million 40 million but because they're over the luxury tax they actually had to pay double it and Steve Cohen's okay with it he wants his players back he's gonna pay it and all that extra money he spends goes to some of the teams that say they can't spend money but you go look at the bankrolls for every MLB owner. They have money. The Oakland Athletics, they spend what? I think this year their salary is coming in at like honestly under 20 mil. They're not playing anyone. Their most expensive player last year was Elvis Andrus. He played in the minors. So their owner is a top 10 owner in terms of wealth in the league. He can spend if he wants to. He doesn't care. You look at baseball owners in general also exponentially all of them have made like over 100% profits since buying their team. So spend your money. Don't complain when a team does spend money and actually wants to win. But the thing with the Mets is they, okay, they spent a lot of money last season too. And well, they, they don't were, win. But they, yeah, they were out in the yeah. first round, which, which also, was so laughable. I mean, it shows money doesn't mean that much no, in baseball. No, exactly. Because then you look at the A's, they have a very small payroll mm-hmm. um, and they're always a competitive team. Always. Last three years is kind of yeah, but they're gone. still like in the running for no. at least. The, I would say they're in the running for the last card. Most like, the worst team in baseball. Okay, so maybe not last year. They sold the farm. Yeah, are they going to move ever? Or are they just going to stick go it out in the Coliseum? Yeah, they should go to Vegas. Well, they they're playing spring training games in Vegas this year. They do have a minor league affiliate there, so it's not like the it's biggest a soft thing. launch. But I don't know if anyone's been to the Oakland Coliseum. It's the worst stadium. Yeah, people don't want to die, Maddie. People don't go there. Yeah, I mean, I really, if I can chime in, I really don't mind it. You know, like we look at teams like the Dodgers, you know, how they open their season 2022 with a record 310 million spending on their players. You know, like Matt, like Maddie said, spend spend for your players. If you really want them, spend. You know, I can't really knock the Mets for doing what they're doing. 
Okay, speaking of spending a lot of money, Aaron Judge, last season's MVP, record-breaking home run hitter. He resigned with the Yankees after quite a dramatic turn of events. We thought he was signing with the Giants, and it turns out he wasn't. Resigned with the Yankees. What do we think about that? Do we think it was the right move? I mean, he was christened the captain of the Yankees. What are our feelings about his performance this coming season? He'll perform. I mean, he'll definitely perform like Aaron Judge. I mean, because he's still fairly young and he's still I mean, he's still swinging away, though. Like, that's the main thing. And and I think I think he won't necessarily get to that home run record like he did again but it'll be up there 100 but do i think he's powerful enough to take the yankees past the astros no i don't even though the astros made moves to and like i mean like we just mentioned like verlander it's i don't i just don't think so like the astros will still take the al I agree with that. I think I hate to say it, but the Astros are just built different. Like you guys got crushed. I it wasn't even a remotely competitive series. I mean, we were swept, and even in that, it was not. I mean, there weren't competitive games. I mean, we could talk a lot about what the Astros are doing and why they're so stacked in their farm system and the way they coach. I mean, they're really an incredibly impressive organization. Yeah. And I think so long as they're young and they're healthy, I don't see anyone else in the AL getting past them. Really. What are you guys? His like feelings on the Astros. I used to absolutely despise the still team. Do. I absolutely don't think do. you should despise them as much as you once did. I mean, like the whole cheating scandal is kind of blown over at this point. Mm-hmm. They really didn't do it. Altuve, especially Altuve, never cheated once. I'm okay. There's we're, full we're interviews about Altuve. Disagree Altuve on this. did not cheat. It's like one of the most Maddie, known facts in baseball. There about? are multiple articles written on this fact. El Tuve never Who cheated. Are, is this like articles on Reddit? Like, no. where are you finding this information? It's from the New York Post, huh? <laughs> no, I'll, the New York Post would absolutely flatline the man. Yes. Um, El Tuve did not cheat. I, His Hall of Fame career should be cemented. He I is, will continue to hate the Astros till the day I die because they're just the most pompous organization. Everybody knows they cheated. They. It's just a known fact. Every Except you, apparently, They Maddie. cheated. Like, I'm they not saying cheated. they didn't. And they act like it didn't happen. And their players still, I mean, listen, they're good at what they do. But you don't have to be so arrogant all the time. Altuve probably even lied on his driver's license and said that he was like six foot two. When in reality, he's like 4'11". Totally. He probably lied about that, too. So I guarantee you, yes, he did. Not you coming for his height. I just think that as an organization, when you have something like as big as that, you know, a cheating scandal, it's just going to stay with you. And it's Mm -hmm. difficult to really take into account how good their players are especially i think they really used that as their fuel last season you know and whether you love them or whether you hate them i think they're still going to keep pushing to win games and that's that's kind of what shows about the character of them as a team rather than the organization and i think i kind of like i compare it a lot with the angels organization but it's just because of how messy it is and how really like you can have all these players that come in you can have somebody like mike trout you can have somebody as great as shohei otani come in and yet the organization will still find a way to ruin the name it'll still find a way to slander and just fans they kind of have to figure out who they want to align with whether they want to stick with their players or whether they want to stick with the team Altuve did not cheat. I just want to really hone in on this. Maddie, we're out of time. We need no. Past it was a no. book written by You're a Yankees beat writer. You're done. I don't care. Also, the Dodgers just got confirmed for cheating. Yeah, they this did. week. Yeah, they did. And oh. the Red Sox cheated that same year. Yeah, they. Yes, they did. Yeah, a lot of teams are sign stealing. I don't think it's a big deal. I don't. I don't get me started on the Red Sox right now. 
All right. Um, to wrap things up, let's talk predictions, bold predictions for the 2023 MLB season. Maddie, do you want to start us off? And please, no hot takes about the Astros cheating. Yeah, I'll go with another team that I think should actually be despised. The Dodgers just got caught cheating as well, and they're not making the playoffs. This team sucks. They have That's literally fair. fallen apart everywhere, in my opinion. That's fair. I really see Mookie Betts as like the only bona fide star on the team, Will Smith. Freddie Freeman. Okay, I kind of forgot about Freddie Freeman, but like, I really don't care about that man either. He's an awful human being. Look up what he did to Ronald Acuna Jr. The guy sucks. Okay. But like, Gavin Lux is cool. They have some names. I love Gavin Lux. You're replacing Trey Turner with Miguel Rojas, and you traded your farm for it. The farm's not there anymore either for that team. They really just. It's a lot of hot takes all at once. Falling apart. They're missing the playoffs. I'm ready to finally have the Angels be better than the Dodgers. I don't see that happening, but okay. Sonny? Uh, honestly, my bold prediction for this season is coming in the World Series. The World Series is going to be Padres Blue Jays. I'm calling it right now. You can mark it on your calendar. You can mark everything that I said this. Padres Blue Jays World Series. They both finished second in their divisions. Padres absolutely wiped the floor with the Dodgers. And I'm saying that as a Dodger fan, as a lifelong Dodger fan, they absolutely destroyed us. And then the Blue Jays, they will beat out the Yankees. 100%. They have such young talent. Vladimir Guerrero Jr., phenomenal. Bo Bichette, phenomenal. They will just knock the Yankees out. And it's going to be the shock to the world, but it's going to happen. Okay. Renzo? Uh, I guess for my, my pick would have to be Tyler Anderson throwing a no-hitter this season. I really think it's probable. I think even with the rule changes, I just think that everything with the team and how we've been missing pitching, and we got that, we got a little bit of that with Shohei, but I think with this new team that it'll it'll really spark something in Anderson to want to just go for everything. And I think that a no-hitter is just not out of the question. Okay. I am making a bold prediction. Um, as you all know, I'm the number one Yankees fan. I'm also simultaneously the number one Yankees hater. I'm so cynical about them every season. This season, I don't think they're going to win the AL East. Unlike Sonny, I don't think it's going to be the Blue Jays. I think it's going to be the Orioles. This young, up-and-coming team, wildly competitive last year, kind of out of nowhere, almost made a run in the playoffs. Very close, very close. I think with Adley Rutschman behind the plate, I just think they're going to be a competitive team. I see them as the underdogs coming through and winning the AL East. I don't know if they can make a deep playoff run, but I think they can win the division. I think the Yankees are not going to be as competitive as they were last year. I don't see them going very far. I don't see Judge having the season that he had last year. I think the Red Sox are going to suck. I think the Blue Jays inevitably choke. So I'm going with the Orioles to win the AL East. All right. Thank you so much for joining us for season one, episode three of Teed Up. Thank you to our editor, Aiden Swanpool, and our producer, Leila Nunez. If you want to stay up to date on the latest in Long Beach State sports, you can check out our website, daily49er.com, and follow us on socials at Daily49er. Thank you all for listening, and we'll meet you back here next week. Say goodbye, boys. Bye. Alvarez. Terrible. (laughs) I want to give a shout out real quick. Oh, yeah, go ahead. I want to shout out my little brother, Mateo. He sent me a video yesterday, uh, him doing the pickle break. I love you, man. Love that you love the fa- you're a big fan of the show. By the time we record this, he's playing in, his, in the Winter Cup this weekend. So hopefully he makes it out. I won't, Get that dub. I won't I won't be there, unfortunately, because I have to cover a couple games this weekend. But I love you, man. Uh, keep doing what you're doing. And pickle break. Bye. Bye.